0: Take RFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and live streaming of primo local content. Download the Access Internet Radio app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This
1: program was first broadcast on RFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand
2: On Air.
0: You're tuned into The Source on Otago Access Radio. During this 10-week series, we will be exploring what processes go into making the city run and what you'll need to know to be an active citizen. Each week we'll be covering a different aspect of civic education from the different departments and council to how to get your voice heard in local government. Tune into Otago Access Radio on Fridays at 5pm. The series will be replayed on 12pm Sundays and 6 on Monday evenings. Podcasts are also available from www.oar.org.nz. The source is brought to you by the Dunedin Youth Council. Hi, I'm Amelia. And I'm Eden. And we're your hosts for this week's episode of The Source. We are going to be talking to you about the Otago Regional Council, the difference between the Otago Regional Council and the Dunedin City Council, what the ORC looks after, how to get involved and also in an interview with Councillor Brian Scott. This episode will be repeated at 12pm on Sunday and 6pm on Monday. The Structure of the Otago Regional Council The
2: Otago Regional Council is made up of 12 members from around Otago. They represent the constituencies of Dunedin, Dunstan, Molyneux and Moraki. These members are elected at the same time as the DCC councillors are, in October this year.
0: Councillors are elected with a first-past-the-post system, which is when the councillors are simply determined by the amount of votes they get. The names on the voting papers will be in a random order. The councillor's job is to make decisions and there are more than a 100 employees at the council to put those plans into action. The main office is in Dunedin at
2: 70 Stafford Street and there are satellite offices in Alexandra and Belclutha. The 12 members are Stephen Woodhead, the chairman from the Molyneux constituency, Gretchen Robertson, deputy chairperson from the Dunedin constituency,
0: Louise Crute, Michael Deeker, <laughs> Trevor Kempton, Sam Neill, Brian Scott, who we will be interviewing today, all from the Dunedin constituency.
2: Doug Brown from the Moeraki constituency. Gary Callagher,
0: Graham Bell, Jared Itkoff, all from the Dunstan constituency, and David Shepherd from the Molyneux constituency. The difference between the Otago Regional Council and the Dunedin City Council. One of the main differences between the ORC and the DCC is that they work for different sized areas. The Otago Regional Council focuses mainly on, obviously, Otago, whereas the DCC focuses on Dunedin. This means that the ORC deals with issues like the resources we use and the DCC deals with more city issues like the roads. This is the ORC's motto,
2: which shows quite well that it is different to the DCC. The Otago Regional Council exists to promote the sustainable development and enhancement of Otago's resources. We work to ensure that these unique resources are used in a way that preserves them for future generations. What they look after. There are many things that the ORC looks after. One of the things they do is environmental control. This is doing things like looking after drains to prevent floods, Controlling pollution and controlling the floods if something does happen.
0: They also monitor our region's resources. They find data on the water quality, the water quantity, groundwater, rainfall and air quality. They use this information to promote better and more efficient use of our resources. A big thing they look after is land transport. The Council is responsible for the clever planning of an affordable, safe and sustainable land transport system in the Otago region. It also administers the Total Mobility Scheme, providing help for qualifying disabled people in Otago. It also has a role in harbour management, including ownership of
2: Port Otago LTD.
0: Now we're going to interview Councillor Brian Scott from the Otago Regional Council about something the Council is working on at the moment. What is one project that you're working on at the moment?
2: Um,
1: Well, well, firstly, I'd like to say a big thank you for inviting us here on behalf of the Otago Regional Council. The the project I want to talk about today is in relation to our waterways in Otago, and in particular, the Water Quality Plan Change 6A which is the Otago Regional Council's way of managing the water quality in our rivers, our aquifers and our wetlands.
0: How did it get decided that you would work on it?
1: Well, um, I, I'm an elected councillor, so I'm in a governance role. I'm not a, in a management role. I'm not specifically involved in the management. It's, it's a key part of what the Otago Regional Council does. They, they we're one of the key guardians Of of the waterways. So quite simply as a councillor it was a responsibility to have some involvement.
2: What sorts of things do you have to consider before going ahead with plans? Yeah well
1: you know for the Otago Regional Council and for the community this this was a huge project and in fact water quality projects, water projects have been going on since 1990 when the council was actually formed. So historically we had to look at What are the things that have happened before? So we had a water plan, and also we'd spent a lot of time working in our towns and our cities, in particular with our wastewater treatment and and how those contaminants and so forth went into the waterways. We call that point discharges. What this plan was all about was non-point discharge. So in the country, typically in the country, though in the urban, but not necessarily from a particular point. So to answer your question, the type of things that we needed to look at were simple things like, what really was the water quality like? And in the low streams where there was intensive agriculture, it wasn't as good as we wanted it to be compared to, if you go to central Otago, the water quality is pretty good. So we had to look at the scientific elements. We also had to talk to the community, consultation, this type of thing, interest groups, fishing game people like yourselves what you know what do you think about do you feel that it it's a right for you to swim in your rivers and and fish and and so forth so we we needed to get it and consult with the community find out what their values were and then and then we had to put our, our policy and thinking and regulatory hat on and think about all these things as well So it was a heck of a process in terms of, and it's ongoing.
0: Who or what will it affect?
1: It's going to affect you. It's going to affect me. It's going to affect the the people in Otago, the people of the country. Anybody that uh, interacts with their waterways, with their rivers, the aquifers in the ground, the wetlands, it's going to affect all of us and not just mankind in terms of, you know, our bird life, our fish life. Our whole environment. Ultimately, who's it going to affect in terms of people that have to change their practices? Are landowners. So, what this whole plan change project that I'm talking about is about is about improving our water quality in our rivers. So, the landowners will have to change to a certain degree in certain areas how they farm. Also, forestry people have to change when they mill their trees. How they mould their trees and the sediment and so forth. So all these, it's going to affect all these people as well as you and I.
2: How long do you think it will take and when do you think it will be finished?
1: Well, as I said before, this whole project in different shapes and forms has been going on since 1990, but specifically this one I'm talking about, Plan Change 6A, has been going on since 2007. I can remember going to a big workshop in Cromwell where all the people came together and talked about this particular issue and how are we going to solve this. And then we put together this plan, which is what I'm talking about, was passed in 2014. And we're aiming in this plan to uh, aspirational goal to get good water quality by 2020. But potentially, for those that fail, there's 2025, 2030. It's a long-term process.
0: What sorts of things could go wrong?
1: The thing about the plan is um, is that we're expecting you know that the landowners will step up. Everybody needs to step up. We're hoping that the landowners will get out um, and and collect data and think about the things that they need to do better. Something Mike and I were talking about before the meeting. Not only do they have that responsibility, it's actually an opportunity. We're not actually telling them how to farm. That's what's making this plan relatively unique. We're not telling them how to farm, but what we are saying is we expect the rivers and the runoffs to be of a certain quality. So what could go wrong? You know, we need these people to take that opportunity. Um, We ourselves, the Otago Regional Council, needs to step up in terms of regulatory role and so forth. Generally, there's this whole pressure of intensification and, you know, the economic thing, people trying to make more money out of the land and so forth. What could go wrong if we get things out of balance, you know?
2: How did it get decided that you would work on it?
1: Well, when I stood for the council... Um, you know, I was elected as a councillor. There's 12 councillors on the council. Quite simply, it was one of our key responsibility: water, and water quality, water quantity, water, lots of different things, flood protection, all this type of thing. So, how did it get decided? It was just part of the governance responsibility. I think everybody that works at the council has a responsibility on this on this project. And and by the way, one thing I will say is that there are elections later this year. Um, I suspect you two might be slightly too young for the elections, but in due course you should be putting your hand up when you're eligible to vote um, because we do need a good age distribution on the council. We need to take your values.
0: Cool, thank you for that.
1: Well, a big thank you for this opportunity. I hope I've helped answer some of the questions. Thank you. (laughs)
2: To get involved with the council and the importance of it.
0: The Otago Regional Council is very important for many reasons. One big reason is their care for the environment, which is one of the world's biggest issues at the moment. You can get involved with ORC by emailing the councillors. There, sec- there is a section on the ORC website that has inf- contact information for all the different councillors. You can also go to their meetings.
2: The next one is on Wednesday the 10th of August in the ORC Council Chambers at 70 Stafford Street. Even if you can't attend the meeting... But you're still interested, there are minutes online so that the council is very clear and nothing is secret. Also, occasionally there are public events you can go to.
0: On their website, www.orc.govt.nz, there are also lots of publications and reports regarding things like transport, natural hazards, farming and land management and biodiversity. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Source. We hope you've learned something about the Council and how it all works. Also a big thank you to Councillor Brian Scott for talking to us today. You have been listening to The Source on Otago Access Radio. Tune in every Friday at 5pm for the next topic of discussion. This series will also be replayed at 12pm Sundays and 6 on Monday evenings. The Source will also be podcast from www.oar.org.nz. Thank you to the Dunedin Youth Council for making this series possible. Take RFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and live streaming of primo local content. Download the Access Internet Radio app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This program was first broadcast on RFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.